It's David Beasley, New York Bassworks. And I just want to take a little time while I'm thinking about it to discuss a new instrument that's coming out for me. Um, we're calling it, for lack of a better term, a tenor bass. Okay, uh, I've played piccolo basses for years. Um, nothing really existed, and nothing really exists. Uh, I think it's, a, it's an open term for any instrument that might have the piccolo bass strings on it, which, you know, that's how I started. I took a bass that I had, 34-inch instrument, and I threw piccolo bass strings on it probably 40 years ago. Okay, that's how long I've, I've been searching for the ultimate instrument, the ultimate um, expression for what I've always been trying to do. Okay, um, I started off, I'm a bass player. Okay, I play bass. That, that was the instrument I really got serious about. Prior to that, I, I played classical violin, or I studied classical violin for 10 years, 8 or 10 years, something like that. And after becoming really just disillusioned with the instrument I persuaded my father to get me a bass guitar that's probably 15 15, 16 something like that and um, the rest I guess is history uh, I've always always experimented um, a few months after getting my first bass I, I, I begged my father for the, the micro bass synthesizer the electro harmonics made and Immediately upon getting it, I knew that it, it was not what I was looking for. Was it cool? Yeah, it was cool. But what I was looking to do, even back then, was to obtain the freedom that keyboard players had. You know, access to all those sounds that keyboard players, I think, now just sort of really take for granted. Keyboard players are playing bass, strings, horns everything okay um, I, I guess the technology was just conducive to, to a keyboard and it just made sense it was easier you know to trigger those sounds create those sounds uh, with the keyboard as an interface no such luck with bass guitar guitar players have had a, a better you know better luck with that um, being that the triggering systems that have been developed, they trigger easily or easier for higher pitched string instruments, which left the bass guitar you know, pretty much ass out as far as that goes. But okay, um, I kind of got past that to a certain degree, and, and I I was happy taking guitar solos, you know, configuring my piccolo bass so that it behaved more like a guitar, but a guitar that I could play and understand. From, you know, from a bass player's point of view. Okay, some people say, well, why, why didn't you just play guitar? I didn't want to play guitar. I didn't want to have to learn another right-hand technique, first of all. And second of all, you know, unless I bought a guitar myself, you know, my father was certainly not going to, you know, gift me with any more guitars. So that was that. So I set upon the course of thinking about the instrument, you know, what can I do to create a more guitaristic instrument? First thing I did, I had an, um, an Area Pro CSB 380, I believe was the um, model. Great guitar, great guitar. I had a, uh, a split coil pickup, like a reverse P in it, and small body, 34-inch scale. And one of the first things I did 
Kaler had come out with a bass tremolo system. This is how far back that goes. Kaler had a tremolo bass um, system, and I was like, that's it. I need that. Okay. Um, but you know, let, me, let me backtrack just a little bit before we get to the Kaler. I had developed a sound, you know, with the instrument as is. And got some pretty convincing, you know, guitar sounds from it. And it wasn't it wasn't quite 100% because you know, the, the longer scale length, you know, and the tension, um, it, it kept certain things from happening. It still sounded a little different. And, but as a starting point, a jumping off point, it was, it was kind of cool. It was a good start, you know. Uh, you get to start somewhere, and it, that was a good start. The sound was good enough um, that I could irritate some guitar players, and they think, oh, what's, what's this guy doing? You know, and it allowed me to develop um, ideas, you know, off of the bass guitar so that everything I, I, I come up with doesn't sound like, oh, it's, you know, it's a bass player. Because, um, you know, in, 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 to my ear, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of compositions from bass players that are created on the bass are a little too more bass-centric for, for my ear and for what I'm trying to put out there. Um, I want music that anyone would want to listen to, not just a uh, bass player or, or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm shooting for a broader scope for what I want people to hear from me. But yeah, I was able to irritate some guitar players and just you know try out the freedom in a different clef, which is cool. You know, and employ a, a, a chordal approach that cut through. And um, I would very often just like set up jam sessions with just a drummer, you know, so I could see you know, where I could take this thing. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It, it helped develop, you know, some ideas for me. And uh, that was good. After taking that instrument as far as I could take it, I eventually stumbled across a, a small, almost like travel bass at a local guitar store. I forget I forget what the um, the company was, but it may have been something as as low end as Hondo, and it looked like a Charvel Jackson, which kind of caught my eye first of all. And I don't remember what kind of pickups were in it, but what I eventually did, I had. Um, the store I bought it from, ripped the pickups out and put uh, a single coil shape humbucker in the neck and a uh, full-size humbucker shape in the bridge. And um, the pickups were blade pickups, so I wouldn't have to worry about um, string coverage from the magnets. And that almost immediately was, was a revelation. It was short scale. I think it was like a it must have been like a 25, 25 and three-quarter inch scale instrument. So there it was. Yeah, it was a guitar. It was a guitar shape and feel. And, you know, I thought I was pretty much on my way. And in many ways I was. But getting back to my Area Pro, I had put the Kaler on that instrument. And it was a failure immediately. Not because of the construction of the Kaler. Because you know, the Kaler would have done what it was designed to do had, had I done that. Had I used bass strings, it would have been a more successful instrument. Everyone's seen Victor Wooten with the Kale on it. Uh, I wasn't going for that. I was going for like those holes worthy in scoops and dips. I wanted to dive bomb like Van Halen, you know, guys, you know, from the shred, the shred era. Um, you know, guys like that. I wanted to do that. I heard that. 
Um, my problem was I put piccolo bass strings on it, and the piccolo bass strings were not designed to take the stresses of a whammy bar. So upon first use, pop the string, E string, heaviest string on the instrument, gone. I barely, I barely touched the whammy bar. I could have looked at it and still popped the string. So right off the bat, I'm like, shit. What the fuck? And, you know, because I spent probably $300 doing this mod, you know, to this bass. You know, basically ruined the instrument putting the cable on it. Okay, because then it took a big, big block of wood, you know, rattled out a big area of the bass to put this thing in. And it changed the tone of the instrument, first of all. Once again, that's, that's no one's fault. No blame there. That was my decision. That was something I was trying. That's what happens when you experiment. You know, you, you, you might ruin an instrument experimenting. But that was one failure. So I learned to live with the tremolo without the bar. I just put the bar away because you couldn't even use it. You couldn't even think about using it with the piccolo strings. And I, I took it as far as I could go. Took it as far as I can go with it. But, you know, I, I, I came across this shorter scale instrument and had that modified. I took the bridge, the old bridge, from the um, the Aerie Pro, and I had to mount that to this instrument. So I would have the string spacing, you know, because no one made, um, well, I didn't have a bridge or an idea of what bridge I would use for this instrument. So I just took a spare part and had the music. And the thing, it, it screamed. It screamed, I was on my way. On my way, and happily so. And um, I used that instrument for a very long time. For a long time, until it just no longer sufficed. And I, I kind of put the idea away for a while. A good long while, actually. A few years afterwards, um, I got a hold of some parts and had them um, assembled into another piccolo bass. This was an instrument that was a strat body, just a strat body from a, um, a part supplier, a strat neck, you know, um, in paddle form. We cut a peg head into it, peg head shape into it, with four holes, of course, and um, I opted for Joe Barden pickups. Um, I'm a big Steve Ferris fan. You don't know Steve Ferris. Steve Ferris is the guitar player for uh, Mr. Mr. Incredible player. Got an incredible sound. I'm also a big Mike Landau fan also. And those guys kind of reminded me each other, each other, you know, being from L.A., L.A. session type cats with the big refrigerator sized rigs. And, you know, this is a great sound. So those two, those two guys really, you know, stuck in my head. You know, another player, um, Paul Murphy, played in Go West, also played with uh, Level 42. These guys had just these great sounds, you know, so I was kind of shooting for stuff like that. But um, yeah, I finally got this instrument, and it really moved the bar. It really moved the bar higher um, than I had anticipated. Sounds, you know, sounded great. Sounds great today still. 
um, I'm actually still using it for a few more weeks until ha the new instrument comes. But you know that'll be another, I guess another podcast. Yeah, I guess this, I guess I'm doing a podcast <laughs> based upon um, this new instrument and part of my my musical journey. But yeah, it was more of a proof of concept because um, it just really took things you know to to another level. And um, a few years after that instrument was made, I, I got enough money up to get uh, a GR55, um, your Roland GR55 bass synth. And um, I had mounted that to a bass guitar. And very limited, limited success. I knew right off the bat that it needed to be on the piccolo instrument. I, I needed that to be done. But um, I don't know. I just didn't do it immediately so but it's on the instrument now and finally you know, getting my recording rig together you're know, doing this pandemic you know they say um you gotta sometimes sometimes you gotta squeeze the lemons you got right so yeah i haven't been working i've been furloughed my, my day gig and i'm not complaining and um it's given me an opportunity to gather the right gear together so I can actually start capturing um, these sounds and moving forward. I- I've always had like a rudimentary recording rig, you know, the Focusrite, Scarlet, but I was never able to get the sounds, you know, into the computer the way I wanted to hear them. It's just something just lacking about that. You know, so I just recently upgraded to the Allen & Heath you know, ZI 10FX as my interface. And you know what? I couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. I'm getting the sounds that I want to hear. I'm getting the levels that I wanted to hear. This thing has great preamps in it. And I'm set up so I can just come in, plug and play. I got my GR55 running into my Mac using the soft sense. You know, and the thing is triggering really well. It's going to trigger even better when I get my new instrument from New York Faceworks. You know, building this five-string instrument. You know, you would call it a piccolo bass, but you know, what, what is a piccolo bass, really? This is more of a tenor bass. It's it's more of a, I don't know what it is. It's, it's a five-string guitar, really, set up for, for a bass player to get around on. So, for lack of a better term, we're going to just continue to call it a tenor bass until something better comes up. But, yeah, this thing is going to be absolutely tremendous. I can't wait to retrack some of the ideas that I'm working on, you know, with this new instrument and, and renewed inspiration. So it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And I like to say that this is something that never would have happened had I not, you know, uh, really started working with Dave Siegel, New York Baseworks. This guy has been able to take the thoughts from my head and turn them into a, a, musical, a musical instrument, a new instrument. This instrument doesn't exist. This is something so unique and so just made for me you know the very epitome of a custom instrument um but what i enjoy about it it's giving me the ability to think like a keyboard player i don't i don't have i don't you know pretend to have keyboard players chops but to be able to take a sound a a sound that would normally be uh associated with a keyboardist and use that and take that for inspiration and turn that into something else turn that into something different than my what might come from a keyboard player, I can't, I, I couldn't be happy about that. I've always heard sounds in my head other than bass. 
other than guitar. I've always admired um, players like Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock, um, Jan Hammer. Big Jan Hammer fan. You know, and that guy's like, he's, he's like, once again, he's the epitome of, of keyboard players not satisfied with the sounds that they can get and wanting to turn his, his keyboard into guitar. So I guess what goes around comes around. It's, it's great for all of us. But it's things like that, things that I've heard over, over my lifetime of hearing things and wishing, wow, I wish I had access to that sound. You know, David and I joke about having the same revelation years ago, seeing you know the, the output jack on the back of a, um, a synth and thinking that, you know, that we can plug, or input jack rather, you know, thinking that we can plug a guitar or a bass into it and then use that synth. No, that's not what it was designed for. And we both, you know, shared disappointment in finding out that that wasn't the case. So all these years later, you know, sitting at a computer and, and being able to access these sounds and play these, these sounds from an instrument that I'm familiar with is really just an amazing, amazing thing. You know, I can't believe that I'm sitting here and all this is happening. So, to be continued. To be continued. If you're listening, thanks for listening. <laughs>